welcome to the Good Guys John and Danny Show. Morning, mate. Well, it's not morning. It's afternoon. <laughs> it was morning. It was. It was morning. Um, yeah. So this morning we uh, first of all, this is this is take three because first of all we started recording, and I put instead of counselling minds, I typed it as counselling minds. Um, on the little description at the bottom of the screen. So we started again right at the beginning. And then um, we just recorded, because this week, today, we're doing an interview with, with you, aren't we? Because yeah, you interviewed me last week. And yeah. um, so I'm returning the favour. So we did this 30-minute <laughs> interview. And I was thinking so far through, is this recording? But then, you know... <laughs> I didn't want to say halfway through this interview because we're trying to be professional, even though we've never done this sort of thing before in our lives, have we? Not and at all. Uh, guess what? At the end of the 30 minutes, we've not recorded it. So uh, it was great. I, I just panicked because, you know, we said at the end, okay, cheerio then. Good to see you. Thanks, everyone. Uh, and I went to just stop recording. And there was no button to say stop recording because it had never actually been started. And the panic just ran through my body. I felt <laughs> it. So it's my fault, and I apologise for that. Ah, oh, no there we go. But it is what it is. It's how we learn, yeah. isn't it? You know. What? Yeah. What can we do? We <laughs> won't do that again. In fact, we probably will. But uh, <laughs> but who cares? You know what I mean? Do, do you see that. how well we've we've managed it? That you see, we've regulated our emotions, and um, yeah, we're all right. You know. Yeah. Years ago, <laughs> I'd have been throwing things. Now, <laughs> what can we do? So, anyway, so yeah, so going to interview you, which sounds <laughs> kind of a uh, interview you, but but no, it's it's to find out more about your background, what's led you to be a counsellor, because you weren't born, as we reflected before, you weren't born a counsellor, were you? Nice haircut, by the way. I've got to thank you. <laughs> I've got to comment about that. Um, looking good, yeah, looking like uh, <laughs> frankly, looking like an action man. Um, which would dull. Can you tell that it's it's homemade, by the way? Sorry. I can, I can yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, action men were dolls that um, you could play with, you could dress up in military fatigues, um, and very popular in the 60s, 70s, and I think they tailed out in the 80s. But um, And then some of them had eagle eyes, the, the more advanced version. So you have a little lever at the back of the head, and you oh, can I make the it. eyes go back and forth, can you? <laughs> That's, yeah. for the older. that's for the older. <laughs> I've still the got older. the giggles about the word fatigues. It just sounds fatigues, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Military, you know, army fatigues. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So interview. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so you weren't, as we say, you weren't born a counsellor. You know, you weren't you didn't pop out and, and I want to be a counsellor, Mum. Things have led. Well, I mean, frankly, when you were born you couldn't speak, could you? Or could you actually? Because maybe you could, because you're not from round here, are you? So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so maybe where you're from, <laughs> maybe, you, maybe you could speak when you were born. <laughs> Brilliant. No, I'm, no, I'm not from. Uh, I'm not from round from round these parts. I'm from from Norwich. <laughs> so um, I, I know nothing about Norwich uh, apart from. You know, there was a game show from there, wasn't there? Back in the back in the day. Uh, yeah, the... there was, and uh, Alan Partridge, oh. of course. He's a fictional character. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> but the other thing is, I mean, it's a beautiful city, it really, really is. And um, all my family still live there. But if you ever go to Norwich Cathedral, it's got the uh, it's got a really high spire. I think it's got the second highest spire after Canterbury Cathedral. And on the top, there's a cockerel. Okay. And yeah. it's, it's it's the size in real life. It's the size of a donkey. I just want to put that oh, out there. Okay. To... <laughs> so so as well as you know, I was talking about and trying to do mystify accounts, and it's it's a bit of a travel log as well, isn't it? Oh, yeah, really? yeah, 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 a bit of trivia for you. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I was, I was um, yeah, I was I was brought up in Norwich, uh, which really is great. It's lovely and. Um, I was there until I was about 19. And then, as I mentioned before, I thought you knew this already, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I left to join the circus, the Moscow State Circus, which I did know came it. to town. Yeah. But every time you say it, I'm like, wow. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's profound, isn't it? Some people go to, to join the Navy, some people go traveling, some people join the Navy, Army, some people join a circus. Blimey. That's it. Yeah, so, yeah, it was. Um, what led to that? Well, it was. I was studying music at the UEA, which is the University of East Anglia, uh, okay. and that was fine. It was quite a sort of theory-based um, course. But the the circus came to Norwich, uh, and they had uh, Russian artists, but all the the crew, like the guys who set up the tent and all those things, and the transport guys, they were all um, from the UK or British. Yeah and the band as well uh, and the drummer became ill uh, and he couldn't do the week in Norwich so they asked around locally for a local drummer yeah uh, and they found me and that was it so I did the week in Norwich which is in Earlham Park and then we moved on to two weeks in Alexandra Palace in London okay. and then two weeks in Heaton Park in Manchester and the drummer unfortunately couldn't come back he was just too poorly so he stayed at home to recover, but I ended up doing two years travelling around uh, with the circus. Yeah, it's great. Really How good. How that? Age of 19 to 21, yeah. you were travelling around the UK with a circus? Yeah, so, it was superb, yeah. So what did you know about it? Uh, it was just a very sort of different way of life, and people were very direct with each other. Okay. Uh, some of the stories, I mean, some of the things were just so interesting. The way the the... the the artists kind of resolved conflict it was quite oh, interesting. Okay. They had a very sort of uh, direct way of doing that, which okay. would sometimes involve, you know, physical confrontations yeah. to sort things out. And then it'd be resolved, never spoken again, move on. Right. Okay. Which was quite interesting to me, you know, because I, I left literally um, overnight, really. Took mum and dad's caravan, drove off to London and off I went with the circus. And, um, but, you know, I'd open the curtains, there'd be like a, a commotion, a kerfuffle. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I'd open the curtains and there'd be just two blokes going for it, just, uh, you know, fighting each other. And um, it was like quite a scandal. I'd close the curtains again and just <laughs> go back under the duvet. Uh, and the next day, yeah. you know, some sort of like black eyes and things, but resolved. That, that was fascinating to me. It was, um, uh, I open it. Real eye yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the people we're yeah. fighting each other. But yeah. But for you, you know, and meeting different characters, and obviously a great experience for you, really, and a good education, really, into the, yeah. the fact that you know yeah. your upbringing. There are other ways, aren't there, for people to be? Yeah. 
Yeah, it was, it was a really interesting experience because I think that's when I first became very interested in, in people, you know, okay. genuinely interested because yeah. uh, they, were, they were the Russians, of course, uh, and, and they brought with them uh, different sort of ways of doing things, a different culture, a different language, of course, and different history, but also mm-hmm. they were from a, a circus community. So that was another sort of layer of complexity okay. about who they were. Yeah. as a group of people that we were working with and living with all the time. Yeah. And then there were the the British guys in the crew and the band yeah. who all had a story about how they came to be living and traveling with a circus. Okay. So I found that really, really fascinating because some people were actually running away with the circus. They were, they were leaving something behind. Yeah. And the more I got to know them, I made some really good friends and it was just fascinating. And the way people presented themselves was often quite different to yeah. what I'd, I'd expected because they had a different life story that I did, wouldn't mm. have really been able to imagine. No, and knowing you like I do, you know, I can imagine a younger you, you know, listening to their stories and, and wanted to learn and put yourself in their shoes and see the world through their eyes, wouldn't you really? Yeah, yeah, it was just fascinating, just because um, there were some really kind of tough kind of guys there, really. I mean, most of the crew were were men, um, the British part of the, of the touring show. Uh, they were quite tough blokes, but yeah. when I got to know them, it was a revelation to me then, at the age of 19, underneath all that, they were completely different. They, they'd experienced some really sort of quite difficult things and... Uh, just, just vast sort of experiences of life that really enriched me, I think, as a, as a yeah. person. Yeah, yeah, informed you as a person and changed you, didn't it, really? Life-changing, really. Yeah, yeah, it was just, it, there was something from that moment on where I just became interested in, in getting to know more about people and was less inclined to, I know we all judged, don't we, to a certain extent, but I was more interested in, the, in what made a person Mm. what was behind that person. Uh, I was fascinated by that. So, left there, left the circus. Um, yeah. What was next? What was next after that? You well, 21? from there, about 21, yeah, I had my 21st birthday party with the circus and, and then left there and just started a career as a drummer. I lived in London for a while uh, and then I got lots of different touring shows and moved away from, from London and just, just played gigs. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of recording, a little bit of TV, but not, not a great deal, but mainly touring shows. Let's, let's just go, can we just go back a step? Yeah, yeah. It's often, you know, you'll, you'll kind of talk about stuff and, and, you know, it's your experience, but a little bit of TV, <laughs> some, which, which TV, you know? Who, which we show? did, um, I think we did some sort of local TV shows and things like yeah. that. There was, um, what was that one? There was one for um, ITV Granada. It was one of their lunchtime shows. I did, did that uh, with Joe Longthorne. and yeah. did lots of tours with him. That was re- and that was really interesting because he was a, a character again, uh, quite, mm. quite a complex character, really. Yeah. Um, it was interesting getting to know Joe. Um, and there was also, uh, we did the Raw Variety show with the circus. That was the last sort of, year of the yeah. show because we did that and that was Tremendous. great oh, good yeah, the, Royal Variety yeah. show. the Royal Variety <laughs> show and it was live on TV that was quite nerve-wracking because and, and, we used the uh, band that was there 
for I, for ITV. You know, it's on ITV okay. that band uh, that show. So they have the, all these really really seasoned London West End mm-hmm. musicians. And then for that one slot, like a, I think it was a, a nine-minute slot, the circus came on and did all their that yeah. little montage of their things, their acts. And I had to do the drumming, so that was quite nervous. So I had to sit on on this um, this guy's drum kit, Harold Fisher, who's quite a legendary sort of player. Yeah. And I had to, you know, oh sorry, thanks for letting me use your drum kit. You know, yeah. This kind of legend and play, and it was it was so yeah. nerve-wracking. And I had to mm. look at the the act. The acts on, on a little TV screen because you couldn't okay. see the stage. So I was doing the drum rolls, and when they, you know, when they did the somersault, I had to hit the cymbals and do all of yeah. that. But yeah, really interesting. But all the, all those touring experiences again were yeah. just so interesting because we used to live together. You know, been on a tour bus or something like that. Yeah. So you just get to know people really well, and the more I got to know people, the more interested I became. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In, in people. It was great. It was a really good sort of. Um, I hadn't really thought about it in that sense yeah. before until you just you've mentioned it. Really, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So really, you know, you you nineteen John the Circus. You know, you played a Royal Variety show. Then you're going on tour around the country with some, you know, some big stars. Really. Yeah. Um, what led you? Because obviously you mentioned Norwich there. What led you to the northwest of England? I did a gig. I had a gig on a, on a cruise ship for a little bit playing the drums, and then I I got a gig in, in uh, yeah, I got a gig in uh, just outside of Marbella. Uh, okay. We were based in a place called Calahonda, which is right. down the road from Marbella and Port of Anuse yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so we're out there for a few months playing the drums, uh, and in the band there was a trumpet player who became my wife. Uh, and she was from Stockport, so okay. I ended up, you know, I, I, you know, we got together uh, when we came when we came back to England. We stayed together, ended up getting married. So I moved up to this area, okay. had children. Yeah, uh, we got we got married actually in two thousand and two. I can never get the date right. That's really bad, isn't it? And then we got divorced a few years later. But I okay. stayed here because of the kids, yeah. uh, and that also led me to want to get into a different type of work because I wasn't enjoying the touring so much it was great when I was young it was brilliant we'd be touring a week in Liverpool a week in Glasgow yeah. a week in Southampton you know, partying it was brilliant but when I had kids yeah. it's just not the same I wanted to be home with the kids yeah. Yeah. so you wanted to be home with the kids and you felt a compulsion really you're looking to change career um, what was next well it the thing was, we went through, we got divorced and we went for some relate counseling sessions. Okay. And that was my first experience of counseling. Uh, and we got divorced, but it still really helped. A lot of people say, well, if you got divorced, clearly it didn't help. But that's not actually the case. It really helped because it, it helped us to separate amicably. And that's really, really important because we're children and everything else, we need to co parent, we need to have a good relationship with each other yeah. but in a different, on different terms. And, um, but I also remember sitting in this one particular session uh, thinking, I could do that. I could do that. And I'd like to do that. I'd like to be in that chair in the future, yeah. helping other people. Mm-hmm. And I just felt it's something I could do. And so yeah. I went on, I signed up for a uh, 
10-week counselling concepts course in Stockport College because I thought it'd be something, you know, it's a difficult time that I was going through, but I thought that'd be something that will interest me, and focus me a little bit. I was still gigging, going out playing local gigs and things, but also I can meet some new friends locally and yeah, just try it and see. And I loved it. And um, yeah, I just fell in love with the whole philosophy of counselling and helping other people. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I can see, you know, that was, it became your passion and it's been your passion. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I've got the book. It's because uh, I, I remember reading this book as well. Dun, 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 dun. And for people, fantastic. And for people listening on the podcast, it's uh, yeah. Carl Rogers on becoming a person. So, yeah, it's a book I always go back to, and um, okay. because in those courses in Stockport College, and I went on to do the, in the diploma and everything else, just followed it on. Yeah, I just read about Rogers, and he was part of the, the training, and. Um, just fell in love with the person-centered approach it was just something about that i just felt like i remember being in on tour in um because i'm still doing bits of gigs and things and yeah. we did do a week up in in glasgow and um i remember just being we, we'd rented out this kind of this cottage to stay for the week with the other lads in the band and yeah. um i remember just being in my in my little room just reading that book on becoming a person and literally crying having tears in my eyes because okay. it was one of those things where i thought rogers could have written that directly to me it felt like someone speaking to me and yeah. really sort of encapsulating mm. how i was feeling yeah. um, and from there on it was just uh, and i've looked you know we've, i know we both looked at other approaches haven't we and various things mm. yeah uh, there are lots of them in counseling aren't there but for me yeah. i'm fundamentally sort of person-centered that's where my core is really and my values are person-centered so it had a profound effect on you yeah a real profound effect and i know it's informed you know your practice as a counselor you know since since then hasn't it so yeah so counseling diploma um when you completed the diploma yeah what what happened then yeah then there was then i sort of had a, a year without study but was just doing local uh, gigs and things. Then I did the top-up degree at University of Salford, okay. uh, and I was still making a, making a living from playing the drums, but playing more locally. But it was it was quite hard to do that. And then uh, yeah, I'm just thinking where I went from there. Then I got a job teaching drums for Bolton Council Bolton Music Service. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah, and that was good and because of my interest in in, in counselling and therapy because I was qualified. I got to sort of run some projects working with children with additional needs. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was great. And that was really, really lovely. And doing sort of group music sessions uh, yeah. with, you know, hand drums and percussion instruments, yeah. samba instruments, African drums, and, and you know, circle uh, drum circles. Yeah. And some of it was for children who sort of had additional sensory needs. Okay. And, and some had particularly difficult times regulating the behavior and things like that. And so it's yeah. all about meeting the needs of those children in different ways through music. Yeah. Mm. And that was brill. And it was, and I, and I used to, I used to get not in trouble, but I used to sort of get picked up on sometimes because, you know, in, in that sort of organization, we'd have performance reviews and that kind of thing. Okay. And yeah. it was all about, well, show us all your planning. 
Right. So, okay. Well, I don't really have planning. So you can't really not, you can't not have planning. You've got to have, so well, the thing is I'll go in with a vague idea and, and some resources and some things we can try. Yeah. But then the whole thing is I just, the plan is really to not have a plan. Um, okay. Rely on my own sort of instincts and the needs of that, the group in that moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's kind of person centered, isn't it? And, and just go with it. And the sessions could be great. Mm-hmm. They were kind of so interactive and it was mm-hmm. exciting for me because I don't know where it's going to go and the kids didn't know where it's going to go, but there was something quite lovely about that, you know. It's, yeah. And it sounds just fantastic because you're combining, you know, your love of drumming and, and you know, the counselling and, and combining both together and making a difference, wouldn't you? And yeah. Let's come back yeah. to the planning or the lack of planning. <laughs> yeah. Just being further as we as we progress so so yeah you're helping the the, the young people um mm. what happened next why did you go next uh well i did that for a while and, and that was great and i really enjoyed it um and then an opportunity came up to work in children's residential care children's okay. homes yeah which is where i met you isn't it and, and that was really great that was, that was great to meet me you too, me. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it was it probably it is and um but yeah that that was a brilliant experience did six years um, in that particular role okay which i loved mm. it was really really challenging yeah. but it taught me a lot and it taught us both a lot i think about really what helps young people and children uh, and yeah. those little moments of change and meaning yeah uh, because it was a challenging challenging area to work in but I used to really enjoy, you know, we mentioned before, didn't we, some, some of the change that I saw yeah. for the children seemed to come from those particular times where it didn't really feel like counselling. Definitely. But there was something yeah. happening. And, of course, we're professional. And we, we understand all those, you know, the dynamics there. But there was just those little moments of nice, kind things you know just those little moments of psychological contact where yeah you know, we think something's happening here this is good i can't quite i don't know how to quantify that and, and yeah. explain that to other people but there's something profoundly good yeah. in what's happening and you made and uh, you know you you made a difference and you were very well regarded by the staff teams in the house houses that you worked in and you know you worked as an integral part of that team didn't you um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you know, we both I think, did. I think we both had this similar similar approach, though, didn't we? We were kind of learning, yeah, with the children rather than. That's my thing, really, with with counselling. It's not. I don't intend to do things to people. I don't intend to. You know, I haven't got this big sort of, you know, uh, how can I put it? Uh, theory. It's not sort of theory driven idea. I want you know techniques. That's the word I'm looking for. It's not. A, I'm not going to do lots of technical things and no. do techniques to someone. It's not, that's not me. It's just really learning with the kids and being with them and being curious about them and exploring with them and, and building those relationships. And that's what you did, didn't you? And whether it was playing football or going for a walk or baking. Yeah. Them, yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, you, you were so well regarded and what is counseling? Cause I know we, we both kind of get involved you know, and do different activities with the young people. And, and I'd often hear people say, well, it's not therapy though, is it? It's not counselling, mm-hmm. is it? Um, uh, playing football in the garden and, and, and talking and coming together and having conversations where actually 
what is counseling? Does it have to be in a room with, with, with two, you know, with two chairs, but yeah. But yeah. And going back to, um, how, when you worked and you were, you were with a music service and you'd have the performance reviews and they'd want you to plan sessions in advance, you know, to, to great depth, um, planning and working, supporting the children and teenagers in the residential care homes. Did that involve a lot of planning or, or was it being? There was pressure to have plans and that, that seemed to increase over the years yeah. to, to formulate plans and, and structures and reports. And I understand why that was and why that is, but I think there are different ways of doing it. Okay. I truly believe there are, there are different ways of, of going around um, providing therapy yeah. and therapeutic environments for children to be in. And I'm going to study it and I'm going to learn what that is. And uh, yeah. with, with my PhD, that's really the, the basis for that. Yeah. So how fantastic is that? So you're going you're gonna to do a PhD, mm. you're going to study it. Yeah. And then your aim, what's your aim with that? With, with, you know, can you expand on that? Yeah, I, I think there are there is a different way to have and create therapeutic environments for children, and I think there are alternative models to the ones that I'm familiar with. Yeah, and I want to really look at a person-centered approach to providing therapeutic care for children, mm. and it's going to be a different model. So I'm really looking at that, but I think it can be done, and I think it will have more. Um, more meaning for me personally i think i just, I've just got some different ideas and but it's it's really going to be person-centered that that's the real interest for me and mm. creating those person-centered environments because it's not just about a therapist working with a young person for an hour no um it, it's to do with really embedding a, a person-centered ethos into a children's home which i believe can be really life-changing and that's yeah. what I want to, want to study. So not just therapy and, and counselling and, and therapeutic um, support being provided by the therapist, but by the whole team. Yeah, yeah, an ethos, a, sort of a coherent kind of ethos and approach and set of values that I think can really be developed to support children. I'm really excited to do it, and uh, that's not yeah. to sort of downplay the success that um, other models are having but it's, for me it has to sit comfortably for me and I, and I want to kind of yeah. move on to doing something that following an area of particular interest that I believe is really 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 valuable and very underrepresented at the moment so that's my my focus it's, it is exciting it's really exciting to it, be yeah, yeah. into it, it yeah it's very exciting and I'm you know uh, it's, you're going to be tremendous you'll be interesting and I think um, you've now left um, the environment in working uh, yeah. in residential care homes, haven't you? Yeah. yeah. So private practice, and how's that going? Private practice is good. That's exciting as well. And yeah, um, yeah, yeah I'm really, really enjoying it. And I'm trying to get my head around the practicalities of because it's all very well to be a counsellor and have all these ideas, but it's actually also to connect with people. Yeah. Um, I can get, you know, I'm quite a philosophical person and 
but it's also to kind of reach out uh, yeah, and meet people and, and put myself in a situation where I can help others. Yeah. Uh, and I think part of that is, is doing what we're doing here. You know, it's just getting, and I would like, and I like people to have a bit of an understanding or insight to who I am. Yeah. And then if they, if people would like to work with me, that's absolutely brilliant. You know. Well, we talked about that, didn't we? Peers and traditionally, yeah. people haven't really said too much about themselves, and that's that's you know, each to their own, isn't it? But we've discussed over the years a different approach, and yeah, you know, we we do these together, and we also make videos separately, and you you made lots of videos haven't you for mm. your practice forte counseling yeah yeah, yeah. Um, just want to touch upon before we before yeah. we end your yeah. other interests um can't end the and this episode without mentioning you running um running yeah yeah so you yeah. got some, what are you doing running wise there's something the running's good yeah i'm, I'm, I'm gonna yeah. do a little um I've set myself a challenge of five half marathons in five okay. consecutive days. Wow. And that's starting 9th of July. And that, that's a lot for me. I, I do run quite a lot, but um, that's a little step up. And I did my little 10K this morning. Uh, felt good, but I did have that sort of twinge of doubt as to whether I can actually do those five half marathons. But I will do it. I'm committed to doing it. I'm going to raise money for the campaign against living miserably, which is calm. Yeah. which is uh, to support men and to prevent male suicide. Yeah. And I really like to support that charity when I can. And I think it's, I think it's good to, to give something as well. Yeah. And it's uh, giving something back again, which is what is a theme, isn't it? But also, um, you know I, know, I know running helps you personally, doesn't it? How do you feel? What do you get out of running? Running's brilliant in that it's just a great... Well, it's like... Yoga, I think, is for you, John. It's that kind of uh, zen, that kind of flow state. Yeah. Uh, just being being relaxed and being in tune with nature and myself and the body. And um, and it feels good. I always, and I come back when I get home, I always feel it's great. Sometimes when I go out, I don't particularly want to do it. No. Um, but that in itself is a life lesson, isn't it? You know, sometimes I just don't feel like this morning, you know, I'm up at six. I said I'd do it, but I don't really, you know. But, but I got got out there yeah. within five, ten minutes, start to really feel loose and feel nice. Came back and, and really enjoyed it. Cleared my head, got me prepared for the day. And, um, yeah, I think it just brings that kind of sense of yeah. mental calmness that, that really helps. Yeah. And, and as well as that, because I'm going to touch upon it, but something that we're certainly going to expand on in yeah. future episodes. A vegan, um, yeah, eighteen yeah. months, yeah, yeah, and that's that's really opened my eyes to a lot of things. And yeah. I'm so glad I did it. I wish I'd done it twenty five years ago. Okay. Uh, and it's just a strange thing because making that switch, yeah, I, I, I could not go back to eating meat or dairy, mm. and it's opened my eyes up to a whole load of other ethical issues and things like that and sensitivities and and um i think it's helped me to be a sort of kinder person in some way yeah and um but it, it's it's opened up a whole load of rabbit holes and things because it, yeah of course there's the started off with well i'm going to be a vegetarian so okay no meat no, that's no. that's fine but then i thought well if i'm not going to eat meat 
did some research. But if I'm not going yeah. to do that, then dairy doesn't, for me, then make sense. Doesn't make sense to do one to eat meat, but or not eat meat, but eat dairy. So I just thought I'm going to go, to go vegan. And then I got into well, what clothes do I wear? What what companies do I buy from? And it's a whole, it's quite an involved thing. But that is the vegan lifestyle as a as opposed to a plant-based lifestyle okay. a plant-based lifestyle is somebody who eats doesn't eat meat or dairy for their probably mainly for their physical kind of uh, yeah. well-being whereas veganism is the physical aspect but also focused on doing as, as little harm as possible minimizing the harm that we that we inflict through through our choices through eating and all, all the rest yeah. of it uh, and yeah. what i found when you said that you undertake the approach and I admire, you know, the dedication towards it really with the, the clothes, you know, um, you wear and, and your approach. And also though, the way that you, you know, you don't, um, you know, you don't, um, ensure, you know, you don't talk about it endlessly. You don't try and convert others. You respect other people's opinions, um, which I wouldn't expect anything else really from you because, you know, that's what you, that's what you're, oh, you're yeah. about, isn't it? Yeah. Well, for me, I was, I was not a vegan for 43 years. Yeah. And now I am a vegan. I've been a vegan for about 18 months, you know, so, so I completely get where people are at and, and there's no judgment from me to other people about that. No. But I find for me, it's something that I'm really glad I've done. And, um, you know, I would suggest other people look at it and just just read the ins and outs of why or why not but um you know it's, it's an individual choice but for me it was a good one and I, and I feel healthy i feel well and uh yeah i'm very comfortable with that choice and and also there's this kind of so no go on, on. just just sort of saying that it was a kind of a process really of uh yeah. going from one to the next and and it doesn't mean i think the one sort of criticism i've, I've heard towards vegans and myself sometimes is that it's got you've got to be absolutely perfect or you think that you're perfect i think that i'm perfect being a vegan but i don't of course and no. people, people try and sometimes trip trip me up and say well if you go running in the woods you're going to kill ants and you might stand on a worm so you're still killing animals yeah it's like well yeah but that but my intent is not to do that no and, and i've seen you running and you've got a tiptoe <laughs> style that, that avoids that anyway. <laughs> yeah, really. But you know, it's that that thing of um, you know, it, it's a movement in a direction. Absolutely. That's that's yeah. the message I have about that. It's it just it's yeah. not it's not proclaiming to be perfect or to yeah. I will fix all the world ills by becoming. But it's for me, it's on many levels, it's it's a direction of travel that yeah. I think is a good one. And, uh, and it is something we're going to talk about, expand on in future episodes. Uh, yeah, I'd like to. Yeah, yeah. Come to the end. Mm. Thanks very much, Danny. Um, yeah, thanks, John. Uh, really appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, you're you're very good at this, you know. You're very good. Oh, I don't know about <laughs> that. But thank you anyway. And it has recorded um, this time. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we have. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we have. No, we have. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That panic. The panic that this, you know, just went through our body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So fantastic. Honestly, you know, to hear your story, and I know. I mean, I've heard it before, but. Um, but yeah, it's wonderful, and it always—I always forget about the Moscow State Circus. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah that was very cool. There's a few other stories there. We'll go into another time. It was—it was great fun. Yeah. So yeah, um, 
previous episodes uh, like this one will be uh, are available on Spotify and YouTube and soon to be on iTunes. Um, you know, thanks to everybody that, that makes comments and, and listens and watches and makes suggestions. You know, it's very good of you. Um, we are two normal blokes who got the, the chance to retrain as a as counsellors, which would I think sometimes we still can't believe it, can we? Because we, you know, we, we, we do love what we do. Yeah, really. absolutely. Um, yeah, so yeah. Um, and that's not rhetorical; it's fact. And um, we enjoy making making these, really. And we part of us can't believe that that people actually out there do listen and do like them and, and do watch. So yeah, thank you. Um, but yeah, great to chat with you, mate. And um, cheers, John. Yeah. yeah, have a good rest of the day. I will. You too. All right. Okay. Speak to you soon. See you soon. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the good guys, John and Danny. See you next time.